Our scripture reading is Psalm 23. Psalm 23, we'll read the whole psalm. I was planning to preach a sermon on the whole psalm, but I only got as far as the first part of chapter th- of verse 3. So there'll be more than one sermon on this psalm. The psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Well, I thought that a change of mood would be welcome. The passages that we have been looking at in the book of Revelation, they are certainly designed to be comforting for the people of God. And I hope that the the pictures that Revelation 4, 5, and 6, 1 through 8 describe, the pictures that those passages describe for us, I hope that they will be portable in the sense that we can remember them and take them with us and be encouraged by them in this time of pandemic. So pictures of God sitting on the throne with a church gathered before him in worship. The lamb that was slain with a scroll of God's plan in his hand because he is worthy to open the seals of the scroll. And the great earth-shaking disasters that come upon the earth, but only when the Lamb opens the seals of the scroll. These are wonderful images that we can take with us and with God's blessing, be strengthened in our hearts in the light of what is going on now and in what will come in the future. But there is a special kind of atmosphere in those passages, the, 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 the imagery is out of this world. The word that describes the genre is apocalyptic. And apocalyptic is a noisy genre. There's thunder, there's lightning, there's loud singing. There are pictures of, <clears throat> of wars and suffering on a massive scale. There's, there's comfort there, but the comfort comes in the context of strangeness, strange images of upheaval and a lot of noise. And I thought it was time for a change in the atmosphere. And so I thought of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me besides still waters. He restores my soul. That's as far as we'll get uh, this morning. This is a very different atmosphere. It's a peaceful picture. It's a pastoral 
scene that is painted, needs are being met, imagery is of rest and refreshment and restoration. This is a place of quietness, of security, and of comfort. Now, it's important for us to understand that this does not mean that this psalm is describing a situation where there are no troubles or concerns. Psalm 23 is not describing a life where there is no danger and where there is no concern about the future. The tranquility of these verses are not about our outward circumstances. The second half of the psalm speaks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and it speaks about the presence of enemies. So what the psalm is describing is trust in the Lord in the midst of danger and in the midst of hardship and suffering. Applying it to our situation, it is not saying, this psalm is not saying that since the Lord is our shepherd, we will be financially unaffected by the pandemic. It is not saying that the, since the Lord is our, shep- is our shepherd, we will be immune to the virus. It is not saying that we will not lose loved ones or that we will even die ourselves. If the Lord is our shepherd, it does not mean that our life externally will be tranquil and serene. And yet this psalm is not presenting a fiction. This psalm is true. It is describing truthfully what it means to be sheep of this shepherd. And if we truly grasp that reality and trust utterly in the Lord as our shepherd, we can experience the peace that this psalm describes even in the most difficult of circumstances. And that's one of the wonderful things about the biblical message for God's people. Because of who God is, and because of what is ultimately most important, it is possible by God's grace to experience peace and comfort in times of hardship and difficulty and uncertainty. It's not to say that such peace is automatic or easy, but it is to say that it is possible and desirable for the people of God. It honors God when we trust in him in times when trusting is hard. In this case, God is described as our shepherd. The basic image is that of a regular shepherd, a keeper of sheep, But the way that the shepherding imagery is used in Scripture suggests that we should be thinking of a shepherd king. David especially is the the central human shepherd king of the Old Testament. Psalm 78, verses 70 through 72, paints a beautiful picture of David as the shepherd king. He chose, that is God chose, David his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the nursing ewes. He brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. And this, of course, leads to Jesus as the son of David and the ultimate shepherd who gives his life for his sheep. The following verse from Isaiah, Isaiah 40, 11, gives a beautiful prophecy that describes 
the promised Savior as a shepherd. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. So it's easy. It's easy to make the connection from God is revealed in the Old Testament to David as the shepherd king to Jesus as the fulfillment of the son of David. And as we follow the biblical use of the imagery of a shepherd, we can rightfully think of the triune God as our shepherd and Jesus in particular as our shepherd if we are followers of Jesus Christ, if we are believers in Jesus Christ. Now, one of the comforting things about the idea of a shepherd is that it is the job of a shepherd to keep the sheep. That is, to keep them safe, to keep them fed, and to manage them in such a way that they do well. If the sheep are not healthy and safe and well-fed, the shepherd is not doing his job. It's the job of the shepherd to make sure that the sheep have everything that they need and that they are protected from danger. And it's wonderful that God in his word teaches us to think of him as our shepherd. And by saying that, God himself is saying to us, it is my job to keep you safe. It is my job to supply all your needs. That's what God is saying to us in this psalm. Psalm is written by David. But because God has seen fit to include it in his word in the Bible, God is saying that this psalm is for all of his people. So if we are followers of Christ, we can rightly say with Psalm 100, for instance, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So God has taken it upon himself to be our shepherd. It's not something that David thought up. This is something that God has revealed about himself. We know what God is like because he tells us in his word. And so in this psalm and in many other places, God is saying to us, this is a job that I have taken upon myself. I am your shepherd. What that means then is that God has committed himself to provide for us, to protect us, and to nurture us so that we flourish as his people. That's a very amazing thought because of who God is. When we think of human shepherds and, and literal sheep, Human shepherds are limited in many different ways. In hard times, they may not be able to find enough grass and water. A bear or a lion may grab one of the sheep before the shepherd can do anything about it. The sheep might get sick and the shepherd may not be able to nurse that sheep back to health. Human shepherds are limited, but the Lord does not share those limitations. The Lord, our shepherd, is unlimited in his power and in his wisdom and in his attention. There's no situation that that is beyond him. There's nothing that that he is not expecting. There's nothing that keep him from doing 
the job that he has taken upon himself. He has taken upon himself this task of keeping his sheep, and that means that he will keep his sheep. He will do the best possible job. He has no limitations, and so the sheep are absolutely secure. And that's why we can say these words with confidence, these words of Psalm 23, if we are indeed trusting and obeying in Jesus. And I keep on, I have to keep on putting in that qualifier because the Lord is not everyone's shepherd. The Lord is not the shepherd of those who are living in wickedness. The Lord is not the shepherd of those who are not relying on Jesus for their standing with God. The Lord is not the shepherd of those who are not displaying the fruits of salvation in their lives. It's not to say that the Lord is only the shepherd of people who are, whose lives are overflowing with fruit. He's also shepherd of weak and immature and wounded sheep who believe in Jesus. Not all sheep are, are healthy. Not all sheep are equally mature. But all sheep are seeking to live lives that are pleasing to God, even though with many, sheep, with many faults and shortcomings. But it has to be clear that the Lord is not everyone's shepherd. He's the shepherd of his people. And his people are those who are trusting in Jesus, following him, even though there are many weaknesses. However, every believer can say these words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Now, what does that mean for us in the current pandemic? It does not mean that we will not die. Every single sheep of God's from the day that this psalm was written, except for the people who are alive right now, every one of God's sheep before our time has died. They died in all kinds of different ways. Some have died of old age, of natural causes. Some have died as babies and little children. Some have died in the prime of life through sickness or accident, or at the hand of some enemy. Some have died as martyrs, but they have all died. If God, being the shepherd of his sheep, means that his sheep would never die physically, then God has not been a very good shepherd. But it also does not mean that we will not be poor. It does not mean even that we, that we won't have trouble finding enough to eat, even. Just think of the hard time of the first generation of Christians after the day of Pentecost, the early church in Jerusalem. It was for them, because of the famine in the area of Jerusalem, that Paul organized that collection among the Gentiles that we read of numbers places in, in the New Testament. There's no, there's no hint at all 
in the Bible that the hard times that the churches in Jerusalem experienced happened because God was neglecting his commitment to be their shepherd or that he was unable to make their lives easier. Clearly, God being the shepherd of his people does not mean they will not get sick or die or have a hard time making ends meet, even to the point of having a hard time putting food on the table. God's sheep in the Bible and throughout history have struggled in all of these ways. But through it all, these words of Psalm 23 have been true for them. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Now, interestingly enough, that does not mean that God shepherding has nothing to do with meeting our physical needs. And a key passage here is Jesus teaching in in Matthew 6, 25 and following, where Jesus tells us not to be anxious about what we will eat or about what we will drink or about our clothing. And in these, these wonderful verses, Jesus tells us that we should not be anxious about such things because, quote, your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So if we use that passage, Matthew 6, 25 and following, to help us to understand and apply Psalm 23, becomes clear that when the text says that the sheep will not want, it means that we can trust that God will provide for us the things that Jesus tells us not to worry about in Matthew 6, 25 and following food, clothing, drink. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, means that God will take care of our physical needs as long as we are in this life. At some point, he's going to call us home, but until that point, he will provide for all our needs, including our physical needs, according to his love and his wisdom and his plan for our growth in grace. That does not mean he will preserve the lifestyle that we have enjoyed. It does not mean that he, he will give us the lifestyle that we might desire. Rather, he will give us what we need. According to his perfectly wise and loving decision concerning what that will look like. And that's why Jesus in the Lord's Prayer tells us to pray for our daily bread rather than to pray for riches. That's why Paul in 1 Timothy 6 exhorts us to be content when we have food and clothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, means that we will not lack anything we need. And what that looks like is determined by God's wise program for our true well-being, according to his definition of true well-being, which has a lot more to do with holiness then it has to do with prosperity. And it is confidence in God's love and his goodness and in and his wisdom, his wisdom in designing our educational program, 
It is confidence in those things that makes it possible for us to experience the peace and the tranquility that these verses describe. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's a wonderful picture of peace and tranquility. But David was under no illusion that all of God's sheep all of the time would live outwardly in such idyllic circumstances. The second half of this psalm makes that very clear, as does the rest of the Bible. One of the huge themes in the Bible has to do with helping the people of God suffer with confidence in God's love. The point of the first two verses of Psalm 23 is that trusting in God as our shepherd will enable us to experience the tranquility that they describe. We live like sheep lying down in green pastures and being led beside still waters when we are trusting that our shepherd is guiding our lives in the best possible way. Trust is the key here when it comes to experiencing what Psalm 23 describes. The same thought is expressed in a beautiful way in Isaiah 26.3. And we read there, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Now, this is not automatic or easy. Not much in the Christian life is automatic or easy. That's not how God has designed us. That is not how God has designed our salvation. God does what we cannot do, like paying the penalty for our sins, like bringing us from spiritual life, uh, spiritual death to spiritual life, But living the life that he enables us to live requires effort on our part. Trusting in God so that we experience the peace Psalm 23 describes takes effort on our part. God enabled effort, but effort nonetheless. And in times when things are easy... It's a challenge to know whether we are trusting in God or whether we are trusting in the economy or in our own skills and employability. We may sometimes feel like a sheep lying down in green pastures because our job is secure and we're enjoying sitting in the shade on a Saturday afternoon. And that can and it ought to be a godly experience to feel that way when there is a connection in our mind between enjoying the peace of the green pasture outwardly and the fact that God has led us there. But it may also be that we feel like sheep lying in green pasture because we are trusting in the idol of self or of the economy. But when a pandemic hits and the world is turned upside down and the economy goes south, it's a different kind of challenge to experience the tranquility of the green pastures precisely because God is our shepherd. Whatever else God may be saying and doing in this pandemic, he is certainly giving us a chance to practice trusting him as our shepherd 
as things that we are tempted to trust in, in good times, are suddenly a whole lot less solid than we thought. So how do we learn to trust in God? So that we can experience the peacefulness of the pasture and the tranquility of the still waters when our external world is giving way beneath our feet. Well, one of the ways is practice. We learn through experience. And so whatever whatever else God is doing during this pandemic, he has placed us in these circumstances in order to give us some practice in trusting him when our world no longer seems to be such a secure place. Practice makes perfect is the proverbial wisdom, not that we will ever be perfect. But God is certainly giving us practice so that we can move in that direction. But there must be an in, an in, intentionality about this. This psalm is an expression of what trusting in God looks like. And so it's also a call for us to trust in God as our shepherd so that we honor God by lying down in green pastures and by following him next to the still waters. And one of the ways that we do this is bring to mind the truth of God's word, particularly about God's care for his people, and and then fortify our hearts with those thoughts. We do that prayerfully because we realize that we can't do it without his enabling grace, but we must do it with his enabling grace. Listen to the way in which the psalmist of Psalm 42 did this. In Psalm 42.5, he wrote, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you are, why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So the, the psalmist is, is talking to himself. He's arguing with himself. He's admonishing himself. He's telling himself what to do. He's directing himself to hope in God. And we can do that with Psalm 23, we can dwell on the fact that God has given himself the task to be our shepherd. And our job is to trust the shepherd, to honor him by being confident that he is shepherding our lives in the very best way. Our shepherd restores our souls. Now here the the psalm the psalmist leaves the imagery, but the shepherding imagery is still informing what he is saying. Sheep don't have souls, so he's talking about human beings. The shepherd restores our souls. These human beings have souls. Sheep don't have souls, but sheep can be tired. They can be afraid. They can be hungry and thirsty, and they can feel unsettled. Whatever a sheep's inner life is called, it can be restored by lying down in green pastures, by walking beside still waters. There's a big difference between a sheep who is quiet and refreshed and one who is hungry and tired and unhappy with its circumstances. So the shepherd directs the lives of the sheep in such a way that their souls are restored. 
And we know what that means for human sheep. Here we are assured that this is one of the things that belongs to the job that the shepherd has taken upon himself. He restores our souls. And we know, we know what it is when our souls are restored. Here some of the language of the King James Version is helpful. The word disquieted comes to mind in the King James Version of Psalm 42. The psalmist says to his soul, Why art thou disquieted within me? And he says, Why art, he also asks, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Our souls can be disquieted. They can be cast down. They can be fearful. They can be anxious. They can be burdened with care. There are lots of words and phrases to describe our souls when they are in need of restoration. The souls of the sheep are restored when they are fed, when they feel safe, and when they are at rest. This is how the shepherd restores the souls of his sheep. And this is how the shepherd restores the souls of his his human sheep as well. Let's start with rest. Jesus says in Matthew Matthew 11, 28, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. The greatest way that Jesus gives us rest is by removing the burden of and the curse of the law because of our sin. Because of what Jesus has done for us, he has set us free from the curse due to sin. And that means in Christ, we are accepted by God without reservation and with great enthusiasm because of all that Jesus has done for us, because he died for us, but also because he kept the law in our place so that all the requirements for our full acceptance with God are perfectly met. Jesus said the same thing about rest to his disciples using another term in John 14, 27, when he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The rest and the peace that Jesus gives restores our souls. The greatest need of our souls is to know that God accepts us, that God is pleased with us. It's the greatest way that the shepherd restores our souls. And a huge part of that is that he himself restores our souls. Once our sins are taken away, the separation between God and us is gone. So that we can love and worship and fellowship and enjoy him. Jesus says in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Psalm 63 puts this in Old Testament terms. Verse 3, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. And verse 5, my soul will be satisfied. As with fat and rich food, 
and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Jesus, as the great shepherd, gives us rest and peace. He himself satisfies our souls because he is God. And it is only in loving and worshiping and fellowship with God that human souls are satisfied. And there is also safety. The shepherd keeps his sheep safe. Jesus spoke of this in John 10, verses 11 through 13. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Later on, Jesus says, John 10, 27, 28, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is our great shepherd. He laid down his life for his sheep. He is the opposite of the hired hand who flees when he sees the wolf coming. Jesus stood up to the wolf. Jesus stood up to the great enemy of our souls, the devil. And he did that in a surprising way by conquering death, by giving his life for our sins. And so the wolf can no longer get us. He can harass us for the time being, but he cannot get us. Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is our great shepherd. He leads us, and we follow him. He restores our souls. He is the food for our souls. He gives us rest and peace, and in him we are safe. And so we can experience what the first few verses of Psalm 23 describes. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. So let us trust in our shepherd. He has taken upon himself to be our shepherd. He is committed to the care of his sheep. He will not fail. And because of that, we can know peace and tranquility of these verses through trust in our shepherd. Let's pray. The Lord, our Lord, our shepherd, we come to you. And we give you thanks that you have revealed yourself to us as your shep- as our shepherd. We give you thanks that you have taken us to be your sheep. We thank you for the security that that gives us. We thank you for the rest and the peace that that gives us. And Lord, we pray that you would enable us to know that, to know those things in ever-increasing ways as we practice during this time of pandemic. Lord, we pray that you would enable us 
to rejoice in you. To rejoice in all the different aspects of you being our shepherd. We pray that you would enable us to glorify you by the way in which we trust in you. By the way in which we are confident about the way in which you are leading us. And we pray that you would help us to look forward to that time when we will be with you in a new way in a way that will last forever in the new heavens and in the new earth. In Jesus' name, amen.